Hello and welcome to the eTalk21 Sports Podcast for August 15th. My name is Eric. I am the man behind eTalk21 Sports. You can find my work at eTalk21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, I finally made a TikTok video. There'll be another one coming. How is everyone doing today? I am doing great. Just hit that first half, excuse me, first period, no goal in that Canes Bruins game. I had a juicy parlay. I need to post my recap of last night still. But we have a loaded day of sports today, and I am ready to dive into it. How can you not be excited with this August madness? We have hockey throughout the day, basketball throughout the day, so much sports. We have MLB, UFC, horse racing, NASCAR, and Sunday race. There's so much stuff going on. If you are a sports fan and you like to invest like I do in sports and you are not excited right now, what is wrong with you? Also, what is wrong with you if you are not following my plays? I'm not one out here to go here and tell, oh, look at me, how good I am. Pretty good so far with this NBA restart stuff. 16 and 6, plus 37.75 units. I did a three-unit play on the first half under of this Memphis Grizzlies game of 117. Line's already down to 116. Definitely got out ahead of the number, which I love to do. And I really doubt anyone's putting up those numbers. Been a great start to the NHL. I have to update my spreadsheets. My spreadsheets are so far behind. It's embarrassing, but I will definitely get, get that on. I'm in Michigan right now, so I'm doing stuff with the parents, the nephews, my brother, my sister, helping around the house. So in terms of updating stuff, I am way far behind, and I apologize. I'm also late posting this up. This is usually up by now, so my apologies. But if you're not following, you got to ask yourself, do you guys just not like money? And if you don't like money, I don't know what's wrong with you. But anyway, let's dive into it. You know, today I'm going to be talking a little NBA, giving my thoughts about the NBA restart and everything that's going on. And Sterling from Silver Star Sports, he is going to be coming on, and we're going to continue our breakdown of the NFL. We're going to focus on the NFC South, which has been getting a lot of publicity lately with the big signing of Tom Brady. And I'll be giving a little Peloton update because I've had a lot of people direct messaging me about my Peloton experience because that's a pretty popular workout option now with what's going on in the world and people not going wanting to go back into gym. So first, let me talk about my Peloton. So a week ago yesterday, I got my Peloton. And the first two days, I loved it. I was biking so much. The workout was insane. It was great. But then I woke up Monday and the, the excuse me, Monday evenings, I like to do two workouts a day, as crazy as that sounds. So Monday night, I went to get on it and the output of the cadence, resistance and um, cadence, resistance and output wasn't displaying. So I call Peloton. I'm on the phone. Nothing. I was on the phone on hold for an hour. After being on hold for an hour, I got disconnected, called back. Their phone service was down. So basically that makes me think as soon as seven o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever time it was hit, they just cut everybody off and say tough shit. Couldn't get through on live chat. Um, Social media reaching out has been pointless. I've had some people say they'll help me out with stuff, but I'm not here right now. At the end of the day, I don't want to go back to a gym. I want something at home I can work out with. I already do the DDP yoga. If you guys aren't doing the DDP yoga, you're missing an insane workout, and the app is insanely cheap. My flexibility is great. My hips haven't felt better. My back feels great. And I just want a cardio thing because I like doing the yoga and the cardio. And that's what I was mainly doing at the gym was the cardio. 
and I know I can't run outside forever, so that's why I got the Peloton, and it's not working. So I'm really on my wits end what to do. If I ever get a customer service agent on the phone, am I going to return it? I don't know. Maybe. But I'd love to have someone come out and just fix it because my eyes, two days after getting a Peloton, it should work, and the customer service has been awful. Awful. They say right in an email, I've wrote in seven emails and I've yet to get a reply. When I was driving back to Michigan, I called in, waited again for 40 minutes, got disconnected, pressed the button to buy a, buy a Peloton, immediately got connected with somebody. So their customer service definitely has holes in him. I talked to this guy, Chris. I emailed him Wednesday night, haven't heard back from him, but he did email me today. So hopefully he can start this process going. Um, but yeah, needless to say, not too pleased with my Peloton experience so far. But enough with that. Now let's dive into the NBA restart and my thoughts. Zion isn't in shape, and those photos of him were obviously photoshopped. Also, when a player isn't in shape, other parts of their game start to suffer. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but when Zion was at Duke, he averaged over eight rebounds a game. That Zion of crashing the boards, I am missing. That tells me that he's focused, he's not in shape because he doesn't have the energy to do that stuff. If you, if an NBA player doesn't have the energy, the defense, the rebounding, that's the stuff that lacks because they want the scoring because they want to make money and they figure that's how they make the most money, the scoring, the putting the bucket in the hole. Also, I'm seeing that effort, but I'm not seeing him run and being quick. And how does it, how does it, someone get out of shape in 12 days? If I'm the Pelicans, what I do is I understand this is a 20-year-old kid. You're going to hire him a chef and a nutritionist, and they're going to come out with a plan. He can have one cheat day, one cheat meal, whatever it is, okay? But you need to get this guy in the right direction for him to even come close to reaching the unrealistic potential that has been set on him. Also, along with the Pelicans, I said it at the beginning and everyone knows that has followed me that I am not an Elvin Gentry guy. Now, Elvin Gentry, Adrian Roger, Joe Jahowski tweeted out earlier, he's been relieved of his coaching duties, which I really feel is the right thing that needs to be done. Like I said before, he had enough pieces where he should that team should have been in the eighth seed. And then you watch them play, Lonzo Bell looks disinterested. David Aldridge comes out with this big rapport about how there's tension behind the scenes. If you're the main guy in charge, you got to be able to right the ship and keep everyone in line, which Gentry wasn't able to do. Now, I'm sure Gentry's a nice person. I've never met him, but he's showing me he's not an NBA coach. NBA assistant, he's a great guy. But he's had multiple times to be the NBA guy and has just shown he can't do it. So hopefully they get someone in there that can develop the talent. Again, I'm a huge Kenny Atkinson's guy. Bulls Bulls announced they're moving on from Jim Bolin. I think he would be great there. I think he'd be great in New Orleans to develop some of that young talent. I just really feel you need to get a coach in there that can develop talent, and Kenny would be my number one choice for either one of those positions. Now, what the Blazers and the Suns did during the restart was great. But I want to focus on the Blazers. If they beat the Grizzlies, they are going to be the most overbet 
eight seed probably in the history of NBA basketball playoff matchup. Everyone is jumping on them. Now I get it. The Lakers don't have Avery Bradley. They haven't looked good. Blazers have been playing great. Dame has been playing great. McCall has been playing great. Melo has been playing great. They have three guys at the end of the game that can get you a bucket. I totally get that. I totally understand that. I totally comprehend that. But you have LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis. And they're going to get theirs. And who's going to stop them? Portland can't defend. And Portland not being able to defend, that's, at the end of the day, is going to hurt them in the series. Dame may be able to carry them to a Game 6 or a Game 7, but I just don't see how in a 7-game series they can beat them. It's important we don't get caught up too much in the present. And people that are going to be betting the Blazers, they're going to get too much caught up in the present, and the Blazers will be overbet. They will invest too much money in them. Will it, will it be an entertaining series? Yes. Will it be a Blazers win? I just don't see how they'll be able to do it. And if you watch the Nets game, and anyone that follows me knows we had that Nets money line, and it should have hit. Why Levert didn't take the ball to the rim shows that. Um, that they can't defend. But anyway, what the Nets were doing is as soon as Dame would cross half court, they'd blitz at him and they're like, hey, we'd much rather have someone else taking a wing three than Dame hitting a half court or near half court shot. We want the ball totally out of Dame's hands. And if I was Frank Vogel and I didn't play Anthony Davis on him, that's what I would do. I would make other people beat me. Um, And also... Us at E2, ETOF21 Sports, I just got the alert that Nurkic's grandmother passed away. I was very close to my grandmother. Um, so, you know, we are sorry for your loss, Nurkic, and we, thoughts and prayers are with you and you and your family. Um, and then one more thing about the bubble. It's going to be interesting, these guys that have been great in the bubble, that have been quote-unquote out of nowhere. Um, TJ Warren. Devin Booker, Derek White, those type of guys. In the bubble, there's no distractions. How is their level of play where there's been no distractions going to transcend to other things when they are traveling next year, hopefully, when you go to the New York and there's that light nightlife and you have a boy, Miami, and you slide into an Instagram model's DMs? How is the outside distractions going to affect their play on the court because everyone knows everyone in the NBA is talented. Whoever has their shit together is the player that is going to transcend their game to that next step. And what these guys are doing, I'm just using the example, TJ Warren, Derek White, and Devin Booker, when the outside distractions are contained, they play at a great level. When you add them in, they, they're not. So they have stuff outside the court that's distracting them. I want to see if they've seen what they can accomplish when the outside distractions are gone and if they can not let them distract them when they're not in the NBA bubble. But playoffs are starting, and oh my God, I cannot wait for the playoffs. I think they're going to be great this year. Reminder, I'm going to be jumping on the That's What G Said podcast next week sometime, talking a little bit more in depth about the matchups, the series, prices I like, games I like to gamble on, or series I like to gamble on.
So now we're going to switch over to the NFL and continue the series of NFL divisional breakdowns with Sterling from Silver Star Sports. So let's welcome Sterling to the show. Sterling, how's it going today? Uh, pretty good. Uh, doing great. Uh, the sports world's back in action. Uh, Champions League, basketball. Uh, we're talking about football, obviously. Uh, we still remains to be seen whether we'll see college football, but uh, the NFL is going on ahead. So, yeah. Well, I mean, good. I guess the million-dollar question is, do you think we're going to have college football? I mean, <sighs> what do you it's, think? I think we'll have the SEC, Big 12, and ACC play in the fall. But uh, spring football, I, I just don't see the top prospects participating if they – it's like the Big Ten does it in the spring or anything like that. Um, I don't know. This whole situation is just so unprecedented that I'm more just like wait and see because I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I mean, personally, if I was anything a fifth-round pick or higher, I just wouldn't do it just because these athletes have such little time to maximize their earning potential. And I just keep on thinking of that tight end, Jake Buck, Buck from Michigan who played in that bowl game against Florida State, his knees have never been the same. He tore his ACL in that bowl game, tore his other ACL in Denver, and he was going to be a first-round pick as a tight end. And now, I definitely I definitely want to do it. Um, speaking, going on what you just said, another question is, I love football, you love football, but those Thursday night football games are a little rough. Do you think if the NFL doesn't play, do you think they're going to move that game to a Friday or a Saturday, or how would you feel about that? Um, it'd be a little different, because even though I don't, I'm with most people and I don't really like Thursday Night Football, it's something to look forward to at least, you know, like a game um, in the middle of the week to prepare you for Friday. But I could definitely see them moving it to Saturday and experimenting with how that works, you know. Yeah, because like you said, I don't think we're going to have a full slate of football, I mean, SEC, ACC, I think the Big 12 is voting. And hey, the people in the Sun Belt said they're going to do whatever the SEC does, so my Sun Belt football is still going to be around. So, uh, yeah, you'll be entertained. <laughs> Don't hate on the Sun Belt. Um, and you mentioned other sports coming back. I mean, the big sporting event today, for me, obviously, I'm going to be locked in, is that Grizzlies Blazers matchup, that 8 9 matchup. Who do you think is going to win that? I think the Blazers are just so hot right now, and uh, the Grizzlies losing Jaron Jackson Jr. and basically like stumbling into the playoffs. Um, I think that's going to be a tough ass. They've got to win two. The Blazers only have to win one, so I'm taking the Blazers. And I also think the Blazers will give the Lakers a serious run for their money with how they're looking right now. I mean, I was thinking about that Blazers Laker matchup. Now, this is my cr- these are my crazy thoughts of the day. This came to me when I was running yesterday. If I'm Frank Vogel, this is what I would do. I would either say, hey, I'm actually going to play Anthony Davis on Damian Lillard. Just so that would... Really? Well, I mean, I think I think Davis has the um, the foot speed to stay in front of him. You know, and like, then you can... If you're going to go big, then you can play McGee or Howard on Nurkic. And then Mello, you know, I mean, Kuzma can check Mello. I mean, that's personally what I would do. Or did you watch the um, the Nets game on uh, Thursday night? Mm-hmm. Like, I loved how the Nets were, as soon as Dame crossed half court, they just blitzed them. And they were like, hey, if Melo can make a corner three or Gary Trent Jr. can make a cor- corner three, we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. 
someone else beat you. Yeah. Or it's gotta be their game plan. Or you can just say, hey, Dame and CJ can't check. Mello is an old man. We're just gonna outscore. So I mean, it's good. One of those three ways. That's what I do. I'd personally go with the AD thing, just because I think AD is a defensive freak, and I think that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, is there any other matchup first round in the NBA that you're looking forward to? I'm really looking forward to the Rockets Thunder matchup in the West. Uh, Chris Paul, he's gonna have a lot of uh, revenge on his mind uh, with the Rockets trading him for Russell Westbrook, and then just the clash of styles between like. Um, Steven Adams at center, the big ball that the Thunder play, and then the Rockets small ball with P.J. Tucker at center, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and those guys are like, I mean, I look at it like there's different guys I want to play with, like way back when I played basketball. And like a guy like Chris Paul, like someone like him, we may lose the game, but we'll win the fight. You know what I mean? Same thing with Westbrook. I mean, no offense to your Orlando Magic. But they're just way too nice, and they send, like, gift baskets, it seems, after they lose a game. I know if I have Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook, we may lose if we play you five-on-five, but at least after the game in the parking lot, you and I are going to get in a fight, and we're going to win. You know what I mean? Like, that's the guy I want on my team. Um, But anyway, like, you and I can ramble about any sport. Let's let's dive in. You know, we're going to be breaking down the divisions. Like I said, um, we're going to be breaking down... Probably the division that's got the most pub, I'd say, the NFC South. Um, let's start with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is basically 109 to one to win the Super Bowl, 55 to one to win the NFC, 20 to one just to win the South, and over under a five and a half wins. Offensively, they're 20th in total offense, 20th in passing offense, and 14 in rushing offense. Defensively. They were 31st in total defense, 13th in passing defense, and 29th in rushing defense. Where do you stand with these new look Carolina Panthers? Um, I'll just spoil my record prediction right off the bat. I got them going 4-12. And, and I know to some camp, uh, Panthers fans, that may seem low. But you got to consider, like, in an offseason with a limited amount of preparation, it doesn't help to have a, a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, a new QB, and still relatively like a new owner up at the top. So that's a lot of moving pieces. And then they also lost their starting cornerback uh, and start, or they lost some linebackers. So it's just a lot of changes. And overall, I really liked Matt Rule. You could see the jobs he's done at Temple and the jobs he's done at Baylor. But before those jobs got better, it got worse, or it didn't look so good at the start. So I expect a lot of growing pains um, in the first year. Offensively, I think they'll be solid. Teddy Bridgewater gives them a higher floor, less of a higher floor, but low ceiling. Um, and I think that's what they need. They'll benefit from that. But defensively, they're just so young. Um, they drafted nothing but defense in the draft. So I think it's going to take a while for those pieces to get up and running how they want. So the defense is going to be really bad this year. And that doesn't bode well in an NFC South that is loaded offensively. So four and twelve for me. I actually I agree with you. I have them four and twelve. Um, I mean I think that loss of Bradbury. I mean I think he's really under the radar in terms of DBs, and he constantly like half a season he was chucking some of the bust wide receivers in the game, and losing someone like that, I think it's going to really. What's this? You don't know what you got till it's over. Well. 
the Panthers don't know what they got, had and since he's gone, if that makes sense. I really think that loss is going to be huge for him. And how much are they going to work CMC? I really felt like Scott Turner just kind of forced him the ball last year to try to get that 100 rushing, 100 receiving thing record. Um, and their offensive line, last year, the Chargers' offensive line was awful. You and I both agree on that. They have two starters from the Chargers' offensive line last year that are going to be starting this year. And they're going to be bringing in a new coach. That means a new blocking scheme. So, I mean, I really feel that the lack of training camp is really going to hurt that unit. Um, and then how much does Brady's offense, how much is that going to transition to the NFL? I know it's a version of the, of the Saints offense. But in LSU, I mean, he basically had the 11 best players on the offensive side in every game. And Burrow didn't get hit at all. So when you're playing like that, it's easy for your system to look great. So I really want to see that. And then um, you hit it on the head. How is, how is the defense going to look? You know what I mean? Like, it was so bad last year. And everyone who followed me last year in terms of daily fantasy knows my strategy was, hey, running back against the Panthers. Lock it in. You know, it, it was a low-budget option, but it would always work out because they were so bad against the run. And hopefully Derek Brown will stop that tread. And Matt Rule, who's a good defensive guy, will help that defense evolve. Um, we didn't really talk about the wide receivers. I kind of feel like Teddy Bridgewater doesn't push the ball down the field. And you have a field stretcher in Robbie Anderson. So that signing really didn't make sense to me. Um, you have Curtis Samuel. You have DJ Moore. I just feel like with the quarterback they have and the wide receivers they have, they just don't work together. What do you think? Um, well, actually, my fantasy football sleeper is DJ Moore, which... Uh, on surface, it may not make sense because he's probably going to be their highest drafted player besides Christian McCaffrey and fantasy. But when I look at him, he's more of like a short, intermediate guy that gets a lot of run after a catch. And with Bridgewater's skill set, I think he'll fit in perfectly. The other ones, like Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, like Robbie Anderson's going to be my fantasy football bust because he just doesn't fit what Teddy Bridgewater is as a quarterback. He's going to be much more of a decoy in this offense then actual production, you know, his presence is going to help this offense, but I don't think he'll get a whole lot of targets or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but having him as a deep threat, I think, will open up things underneath for uh, DJ Moore to get those short, intermediate throws. And then Curtis uh, Samuel, I don't really trust him as a receiver, so I think DJ Moore, he's going to be able to flirt with top five wide receiver numbers mm-hmm. this year. And I mean... You talked about Robbie Anderson. Us in the fantasy industry, we call Rob, Robbie Anderson Fantasy Santa because he not only produces in December. That's the only month he is relevant in fantasy football. Um, so my bold prediction, and now I'm not really high on this team. I think they have a lot of questions. I think their offensive line is going to be terrible, is really bad. Um, P.J. Walker finishes the season as a starting quarterback. I really feel that him... And he's able to run the ball. He's able to bring the RPO. And it just opens up the playbook. I think Bridgewater is a great guy. I just don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. What is uh, your bold prediction? We have the same thought process. I said uh, P.J. Walker starts at least three games. Okay. Um, not that Bridgewater is bad or anything like that, but I just feel like this team is going to be losing. Uh, they'll need a spark. they want to see what they got in P.J. Walker. Um whether to invest significant draft capital in the quarterback. So they're going to give P.J. Walker a chance. 
Um, my bust, I mean, I did Samuels. I just don't think, I just feel that Bridgewater is really going to struggle and, um, the offensive line is bad and one of the wide receivers isn't going to eat. I just think it's going to be Samuels because I do like DJ Moore. I mean, obviously I thought about putting Christian McCaffrey here just because he has no, no place to go but down, but he's still going to be a top five fantasy football scorer, but his output in terms of last year, he's going to come nowhere near. But I wouldn't really consider that a bust. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, I thought about putting Christian McCaffrey, but I was like, that's not really fair. Just because um, I would pick him with my first pick, like, almost 9.5 times out of 10. You know, I might think one other time to t- take someone else. But, yeah, he's going to come down just a little bit, but he's still going to be an elite fantasy back, running back one, or running back one through three, one of them at least. And my sleeper, I thought completely outside the box. And, you know, you're probably going to be um, surprised. I looked at the offensive lines this Carolina team has to play this year with their schedule. And the majority of them I don't have ranked that high in my personal rankings. So I think the defense is going to get some sacks, is going to create some turnovers. I put their defense as a fantasy football sleeper. I think they could be... Top a top 15 fantasy scoring defense and where they were last year, yeah, in my eyes, that kind of makes them a little bit of a sleeper. Who, who do you have? Okay. Um, I have, like I said, DJ Moore. Uh, not mm-hmm. really a sleeper, but I think he will flirt with top five fantasy wide receiver numbers, which um, he's currently going at like wide receiver 10 or 11, uh, from what I remember. So I think he'll exceed that value. Um, I also thought about Ian Thomas, their tight end, uh, with Greg Olson finally being gone. And then I know Bridgewater, as we talked about, likes to throw it short. But um, he hasn't truly shown um, that he's a starting caliber tight end. But maybe he shows it this year. So he's another name to keep an eye on. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I have him at 4-12. and 12. What what did you have him with again? I'm sorry. 4-12. Four, four and 12 as well. right. So we basically are sitting in the same boat there. So now we're going to ship to one of the team's I'm starting to get more and more intrigued by the more and more I think about them. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Falcons are 43 to one to win the Super Bowl, 22 to one to win the NFC, nine to one to win the South. Over under seven and a half wins. Total offense was 13. Passing offense 30th. Rushing offense. Oh, sorry. Passing offense third. Rushing offense 30th. Defense, total 23, rushing 22nd. No, sorry, passing 22nd, rushing 15th. Where do you stay with these Atlanta Falcons? Um, well, last year this team started a woeful 1-7 one one uh, before going on like a late-season tear. And that late-season tear for me was almost like fool's gold because it gave them a false sense of security that Dan Quinn is the guy and that they will actually go somewhere with him. I'm not a big Dan Quinn believer. I think um, it's kind of. I think he isn't the guy anymore. Uh, it's kind of stale. They're just trying to prolong that window for their, that Super Bowl window from like a couple years ago. Um, I, the Falcons. I feel like we know what they are. They're going to be a great passing attack. Going to have one of the best offenses in the league. But I don't. I just am not a fan of this defense. Um, 
they'll be dreadful against the run, I feel like, with their undersized line or defensive line, and then their linebackers are really undersized as well. It's a bunch of safeties playing linebacker. Uh, and then I do like that linebacking core. I just don't think they'll be good against the run. But in terms of their actual secondary, there's no uh, corners that I feel good about, which in a league or in a division with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, that's like not a good sign, you know? So, um, I don't know. I have them at 8-8 eight and because eight, I still feel like they're talented enough to get wins. But this defense has got to perform better than I think they are, you know? I, I totally agree with you. Um, I have them at 8-8, eight and eight too. My number one note is how much will the defensive improve slash if it will improve. I mean, that's got to take that one step forward. But I will say this. The second half of the season, their defense did look better when they moved Raheem Morris from the tight end coach to the secondary coach, who's now the defensive coordinator. So I really think that is a step in the right direction. Will Morris be able to get this defense to play up? That's the million-dollar question. Um, Also, now, Devontae Freeman, I don't know how how many Falcons games you watched last year, but with someone like me, what I personally like to do is... I get the get the games cut down with no commercials, and then I'll watch them when I'm on the treadmill. So when I watched the Falcons play, it was like when they're ahead, they passed. When they're behind, they ran. You know what I mean? The total opposite. And you made that comment about um, Coach Quinn. Their offensive coordinator is Dirk Cutter. Maybe this is just the conspiracy theorist in me. But do you think Dirk Cutter is doing what he did when he was the OC in Tampa Bay and purposely sabotaging the team so he can be the head coach? Um, I know he wants to be the head coach, but I don't think he's purposely sabotaging. Because that's what he did in Tampa Bay. And I mean, I don't know how you feel with Lovey Smith, but everywhere Lovey goes, the teams improve. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that Dutter did that. And we talked about always putting your players in a position to succeed. Now, Devontae Freeman is a zone running back. They run a power blocking scheme. So you'd watch these Devontae Freeman cuts where two years ago, it was basically like he was in a Kubiak system, one cut, cut back, go. Well, he would just go full blast and he'd run right into the right guard's ass. It was the funniest thing in the world. No cuts, just pounding the hole. So... With Freeman's with Freeman's set, that really was the reason why he was such a fantasy bust this year. I think Gurley's mindset and Gurley knowing he needs to produce and the Falcons not holding him back and just running him into the ground, I think Gurley's going to have a huge year this year. And also important to remember, they have 258 abandoned targets. So, I mean, that means Gurley's going to eat, Ridley's going to eat, Jones is going to eat, Hayden Hurst is going to eat. And don't forget about Justin Gage. So all those guys are going to see uptick in numbers. So I'm really intrigued by this offense. And Matt Ryan always takes a leap a second year in the offense of an offensive coordinator. Um, so my bold prediction is it's going to come down to the last week for them. And they're going to be battling for a playoff spot. I uh-huh. I'm, I mean, I think they're going to start out hot, and I think they're going to be in a position to make sneak into the playoffs because the playoffs expand this year. 
I think they'll uh, be in the playoff race. I don't think I had them not making it, which is why my bull prediction is Dan Quinn is rightfully fired after another missed playoff appearance. That's funny because I have dot 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 Quinn done after year. <laughs> um, I now my bust is someone who's been getting a lot of pub, and I'm just going with Calvin Ridley. I mean, there's too many people saying he's going to be the breakout star for me to get on the hype train. Plus, I really think Julio is still the clear-cut number one. I think Hayden Hurst is insanely underrated as a tight end, and I think he's going to get all that Hoopers, all those Hooper targets, plus even more. I think he's, he has the potential to be a 100-target tight end, and you figure in Gurley's going to get at least 80. So I just think target distribution is going to hurt Ridley. Okay. Um, yep, thought about Calvin Ridley because he's getting a lot of hype. But um, my fantasy football bus is uh, Todd Gurley, actually. I feel like he'll have every opportunity to, to succeed here. But to me, he's clearly lost a step from the running back he was. And then um, those injury arthritis concerns, they're not just going to leave. So I feel like he's going to be a game-time decision on a week-to-week basis. Just not someone I want to put like a whole lot of draft stock in, and um, he's going pretty high in most of the mock drafts I've done so far, and he's a very recognizable name to the casual fans. So I feel like he's getting overdrafted in a lot of leagues. I think they're just going to run him into the ground. I mean, I feel that the Rams kind of backed off a little bit on him because they had long-term plans for him and they saw how bad their knees were. I think with the Falcons, it's like, dude, we're just going to pound you because this is the one year we have you. You know what I mean? Like. Kind of like a different mindset. Um, yeah, but I, but I see where you're coming from, though. That, though. I'm yeah. sorry? I don't think he can hold up with that, uh, like, a, a heavy workload early in the season. Like, I don't think he'll last. I don't know. His body won't last. I mean, know. that. I mean, I know with my knees, I, I just downed a bottle of wild turkey. Maybe I could DM him my, my, <laughs> post, my post-workout recovery. Um, my sleeper, I already said, I think Hurst. I think Hurst is easily going to get 100 targets this year. He's going to have all those Hooper targets. Plus more, Ryan loves working the tight end, the middle of the field. I think Hurst is in line for a huge season. Okay. Um, mine's Ido Smith. Uh, I feel like this offense is going to be very good, and they're going to need some production from the running back spot. Not to say Gurley can't give it, but if he's injured, they're going to need someone to step up. And I feel like there are two other halfbacks that they have, Allison and then uh, Hill. They're limited power backs, so I feel like... Uh, Edo Smith is going to get a lot of touches as that scat back, you know. I mean, wasn't who is it? Who is the who is the back they had? Who like he was the hot start one week and he just crapped the bed. It I think was it was, was it? No, I thought it was Brian Hill. Is he still on that team? I don't. But He's I mean, still on the team, yeah. yeah, he like tweeted out like people were mocking him. I I don't know. I that that's here or there. So. We both kind of agree, you know, that eight and eight mark for the Falcons, but I'm getting more and more intrigued by him as the um, season hopefully gets closer and closer. Next, we're going to go to the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Saints are actually eleven to one to win the Super Bowl, uh, six to one to win the NFC, minus one thirty to win the South, and an over and under of ten and a half wins. Um, Offensively, total offense four, passing offense seventh, rushing sixteenth, defense thirteenth in total, twentieth in passing, fourth in rushing defense. Talk to me about these uh, New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a funny team. I, I I'm just so tired of uh, 
talking about the Saints because every year I get so hyped up about them. Every year I, I'm like, they're going to be such a good team. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. They finally do it. And then they come in, dominate the regular season, and then disappoint. I feel like it's been that same story for the past, what, three, four years. Um, that I'm just like indifferent when I look at them. I'm just like, all right, let's prove it now. They're wasting the last few years of Drew Brees' prime. They didn't really add too much in the offseason because they didn't have that much draft capital or cap space. Um, I think it's just put up or shut up time. You know, like they're going to be good again. I don't. I know Tampa's better, and then Atlanta may have a resurgence, but I'm not really worried about them missing the playoffs at all. Um, it's just time, you know, time to uh, put up or shut up for the Saints. And I mean, I really feel like the last two, arguably even the last three years, they've had the most talented roster in the NFL. But I just feel that Peyton tries to get too cute. Absolutely. And he gets in his own way. And maybe this is me. You can call me old-fashioned. But what the hell is his infatuation with Tatum Hill? Where do you feel with Hill? I think Hill... Actually, Peyton trying to do too much with Hill hurts the roster overall, if that makes sense. I would rather have Breeze out there making the plays. I don't want some quarterback from BYU who is a special teamer out there throwing the ball. Maybe that's just me. What do you think? Uh, he's a great story, but, like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, he's throwing what? How many? He's throwing, like, nine passes or something ridiculous, like, as a quarterback in the NFL or something like that. Um, he's just like a gadget player that the Saints are scheming up touches. And, yeah, he had seven touchdowns last year, and you can't deny that. But, I mean, he's just like a special teamer that they're designing these touches for, you know. Like, I don't understand the hype or everything. But great story. Good on him. He found a rule. And yeah. this is – now, you know me, the conspiracy, the conspiracy theorist – Always overthinks everything, always overanalyzes everything. Now, when Drew Brees said something, in the, and we're not going to dive into all that because we try to make this fun and everything, and Kamara and Michael Thomas immediately went to Twitter and went against him. Do you feel there's still going to be an issue between those? Like, Because those three are basically the three guys on the offense. Do you feel... Because I think there are probably some still underlying underlying stuff, which I think there rightfully should be, with those three and tension in the room. There are, there are between uh, Kamara, Thomas, and uh, Hill? Or no, Breeze. Because Breeze, oh, okay. the whole, Breeze said he was going to stand, stand for the flag. And Kamara and um, oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas, like, Set like we're very displeased with his choice, and then there's a little back and forth, and then Breeze said Breeze changed his tone or whatever, and I personally think it was his PR person who said for Hey, you have to do this. Um, yeah. I think there's going to be some tension in that locker room. Yeah, there very well might be. I think um, for that reason, the Saints might st- uh, get off to a slower start than their tis- our people anticipate. But I, I think they'll ultimately get it together. But mm-hmm. it's definitely going to hinder the offense if they don't uh, bring that to light and sort that out. Now, something else to remember, too, 
because we do talk about fantasy when we do these. And maybe I'm giving it away from my sleeper, but this is going to be the best wide receiver that Michael Thomas has played next to. I really think that having Emmanuel Sanders there is offense immensely just because it's the best wide receiver Thomas has played with. So I think that's another underlining thing with the Saints team. Um, But we'll wait for that. My bold prediction is another second-round playoff exit. After the season, Breeze retires. Winston learns from Payton and Breeze, comes back, leads leads the Saints to the Super Bowl the following year. That's my bold prediction. Uh, I'm a big Jameis Winston guy. I think I'm like completely on board with what you're saying. I just don't. I just didn't say Super Bowl. Okay. Because I have them um, have, having the top seed in the NFC, but then losing in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have Breeze retiring. And I have Winston taking the reins and being way more successful than he was in Tampa. But to that extent, I don't know about a Super Bowl. But yeah, I had the same exact thought process. And then I also had the same exact thought process with Emmanuel Sanders because he's my fantasy football sleeper, um, veteran wide receiver. The Saints need, desperately needed a second wide receiving option. And then this is obviously going to be a very good offense. He can be had in the later rounds. He's extremely consistent year after year. I like Emmanuel Sanders. And uh, yeah, and he's just he's just that professional guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. He's just that guy that gets it done. My bust is Kamara. I mean, he he does everything, but he doesn't score enough touchdowns for me. Doesn't get enough rushing yards. You know what I mean? He just kind of does everything, but he really doesn't do anything like spectacular. If that makes sense. Um, and and I think I think Mur- real quick, I think Mur- Latavius Murray being there is going to cut into the goal line carries and not get those touchdowns. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, what do you think about the recent reports that uh, Kamara wasn't playing 100% last season? Um, I I heard those too, but I mean, two years ago, um, they ran him a lot at the beginning of the season, and his production was insane. And then after they played that game in the Meadowlands where they killed the Giants, sorry, your boys, the Giants, outside, um, Kamara's production just dropped. I just don't think his build is he can be an everyday and every down back. So right, uh, even if he's healthy, I just don't think he can do everything a lead back can do, and that's why he needs a back like a Murray, like an Ingram that he can split time with. Okay. Uh, Alright, so quick question. Um, say you're picking third in your fantasy draft, and then Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley go one and two. Who's your Who's your pick? Um, do I know with a hundred percent certainty that Delvin Cook is going to play the whole year? No. Okay. That's tough. I that, mean, because that would be my pick as well. See, that's tough. Um, so I have the third pick overall. I would still go Delvin Cook, and I would try to get um, um, what's his face, Madison later on. Maybe in, I'd have to get him in the fourth or fifth round, and I was gonna. This is for our, my Vikings notes, which we're gonna talk about. With how the CBA is constructed, and it's important to remember this when you're drafting. Cook can play one game, 
this year since he's on his rookie deal, get the credit for playing the year and then sit out and then be eligible for more money next year. So it's kind of like, it's kind of weird how it's like all set up this year for Cook. So, I mean, I would definitely probably take, God, that's a tough question. I would probably, gun to my head, I would probably take Cook. What about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm still going with Cook. Right now I have it uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, Elliott, and then, because uh, in most mock drafts that I do, Kamara's going third or fourth, which I don't feel comfortable with. I take him that early. Oh, I would, he's, I'm, I do like my avoid list, and he's on my avoid list. Like, I don't want anything, I'm not going to be a Kamara owner, to, owner this year. Which is crazy as it sounds. Um. So what what did you have your rankings being with um, the uh, Saints? Um, I had them at eleven and five. Yeah, I have them at eleven and five too, and I have them. Um, I have them winning the uh, the South. What do you have them winning the South, or do you have the Bucks winning the South? I have them winning the South as well. All right. So now let's dive into one of the most hyped teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay won to win the Super Bowl. Six and a half to one to win the NFC. One and a half to one to win the NFC South. And an over-under of nine wins. Offensively last year, they were third in total offense. First in passing offense. 24th in rushing offense. Defensively, they were 29th in total. 30th in passing. And the shockingly, they were number one against the the run. Where where do you stand with this Tampa Bay team? At first, I thought they were extremely overrated. Um, but recently, I've come more around to this team. I expect this team to make the playoffs. I'm still not sold on the Super Bowl contenders because I think more than any team in the league, they uh, needed a full offseason to gel and get to learn each other and um because uh, you don't just go from a gunslinging quarterback like like uh Jameis Winston to a football mastermind short intermediate thrower like Tom Brady it just doesn't like transition as easily as you would expect um so I think Tan, uh, Tom Brady needs that time to develop rapport with his wide receivers but as I said I have been coming around to them uh, as of late because I think Arians he realizes Tom Brady's skill set and he'll design or he won't change up his playbook, but he'll put Tom Brady in positions to succeed because I think he's a good coach. Um, that defense is still looking very, or it's still very young, but I think if they can take the steps up that they were taking at the end of last year, then uh, they can be that Super Bowl contender. Um, it still remains to be seen because it's not as cut and dry as they just improved just because they're young. But uh, I do look forward to seeing what they can do this year. So, for me, I uh, I hammered the under nine wins when Brady signed just because the market overreacted. Mm-hmm. When, and then when they signed Grant, because people are still caught up in the name of Rob Gronkowski, it got up to nine and a half. And then when the news that Donovan Smith is opting out of the season, and for those who don't know who Donovan Smith is, he's 
was going to be the person who's responsible for protecting Brady's blind side, I re-upped on the under nine and a half wins. I have this team going seven and nine. I see nothing but struggles. Wow. I think their defense is really going to keep them in games because I think that defense, I think keeping Sue was the biggest was the biggest transaction of the offseason. Not necessarily getting Brady, getting Sue, and it still being prominent defensive line that can get to the quarterback and be good against the rush. Because even Christian McCaffrey, and we all know how good he has struggled against that Tampa Bay defensive front last year. So I really, and then they drafted Wurfs, and when you and I did our breakdown, we talked about Wurfs' deficiency with his footwork and how his base is too close, and that allows blockers to knock him off. Now he's going to be moving to the blind side. He's not going to have minicamp to work on his technique. I can I already have this falling apart in my head with the holes up front with the offensive line. Um, so that's kind of like where my head is. Um, I kind of gave my bold prediction away, missing the uh, missing the playoffs. Um, so one of the big things was Gronk. Now this signing with Gronk. It just kind of blows my mind. I mean, is this Brady just wanting his boy? Because the Titans has never been relevant in the Arians' offense. What do you think about this Gronk signing? Um, yeah, he's my fantasy football bus. He's uh, mine too. There's a big difference from being in shape and then being in football shape. Mm-hmm. And you got to question whether Gronk, when in that time away, has he stayed in football shape? Exactly. And well, this. This Buccaneers team just has a whole lot of options um, with wide receivers and Mike Evans, um, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson. I love that draft pick. And then also the tight end room's already really deep, so it's like Gronk. Gronk. They, they don't really need him to be um, this red zone monster that he used to be. You know, uh, they got Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. Um, so I think a lot of people are just going to recognize the name and be like, "Oh, yeah, he was a good tight end." He'll repeat, and it's not that just cut and dry, and especially in the Arians' offense. So, yeah, he's going to be my bust. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Tight end's never been prominent. I mean, everybody, including me, I had O.J. Howard so high last year in my rankings for tight ends, and he turned out just to be a glorified blocking fullback. Um, Bray had a great relationship with Winston, and I think he falls to the wayside. And there's just so many wide receivers. And I'm not going to lie, I went back and forth. I even thought about putting Mike Evans or Godwin as my fantasy football bust just because Evans likes to stretch the field and be that tall, physical wide receiver on the outside. I don't think Brady has arm strength to throw the ball down the field anymore. And and then everyone was high. And um, Godwin, I'm reading reports now that Johnson, they may play in the slot. So Johnson may be the element role. So, I mean, I could see Godwin not having a good season. So this Tampa Bay offense, as much pub as it's getting, I really don't even know if I want to be invested in anyone in it. Um, who is your fantasy football sleeper since we both had Gronk as our bust? I had, I thought between uh, two, both of the rookies they drafted early, Keyshawn Vaughn and Tyler Johnson, because I love Tyler Johnson's route running. And then mm-hmm. also, he's going to be playing in that slot. So that's where Brady looks, loves to pass in the short game. Um, but I also ultimately went with Keyshawn Vaughn because I do think this offense is going to be good. 
And under normal training or under normal conditions with a full training camp, I would like pick Vaughn in every drive. He would be my Cam Akers um, for you. But with COVID, I think they start with Jones and then let Vaughn work his way up to speed. Um, but ultimately, Ronald Jones, I just don't feel like he's a good running back. So midseason, I think Vaughn really takes over that role and is productive by the end of the season. And I mean, the me- the big thing with Ronnie Jones is he never has been that good of a pass catcher. And yeah. Brady likes to dink and dunk. And I think you hit it on the head with Vaughn. I mean, in my end, it was just back and forth between Vaughn and Johnson, too, and I just went with Johnson because I think Johnson's actually going to play the Edelman role in this offense and play the underneath and slowly become Tom Brady's best friend on the team. Um, Now, this is completely different. We usually don't zone in on a specific defensive player, but I know you're really high on that kid from Minnesota, um, Winfield. Um, What do you think about him and his game transitioning to the NFL? I think he's got a great football mind, like in terms of reading coverages and um, being a ball hog of a safety. I think he understood more than understood where the receiver was going and how to play his own coverage way better than a lot of the recent safeties I've evaluated. So I really like him this year. Um, how do you feel about him? I think he's a dad was an NFL player, learned from his dad. I think. When most rookies, it's going to hurt not having a camp. I think he's got a walking dictionary, encyclopedia, whatever term you want to use with his old man. And I think he's going to come in right away and contribute. I think he can play the slot corner or he can start back in the safety position. And I think he's going to have a great year and a great career. And I think Tampa really got a gem in the draft. Um, So let's just run it back. We have... We both have the Saints winning the division. We have, I have the Bucks and Falcons tying for second place. Who do you have second place? The Bucks. I have the Bucks at nine and seven. Okay, um, and then I have. Oh no, actually, I have the Bucks third at seven and nine, and, and the uh, Falcons at eight and eight. So I have the Bucks finishing third. My fault. Um, and then you have the Atlanta at third, and then the Panthers at fourth. So. Next week, we're obviously going to do the division with America's team, the Detroit Lions. So we're going to go into the NFC North. Thanks again for Sterling from Silver Star Sports to stopping by, coming in. Sterling, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, Follow me on Instagram at Silver Star Sports. That's Silver Star and then an underscore in between and then sports. Um, Trying to post a lot more um, with NBA coming up writing some content for there right now and then also i am going to be getting these 32 nfl team previews out um i will have talked about every team once we finish the north division so then i will uh translate what i said into writing and i'll be posted so that's a lot of content of it so please follow me there and uh thanks again for having me as always thanks again for coming on and we will talk to you next week my friend all right sounds good so that was Sterling from Silver Star Sports. I want to thank him again for coming on. He always takes day, time out of his busy schedule to come in and always provide content. I cannot thank that guy enough. Again, people, if you are not following him, make sure you get out and make sure you follow that guy. He's putting out NFL content, NBA content. Great follow. Follow him at Silver Star Sports. We have a loaded day of sports and stuff. I'm going to be posting plays as much as I can. Like I said, I'm in Michigan and I get 
sidetrack spending time and doing family stuff. But, you know, we have NHL, we got NBA, we got UFC tonight, we got horse racing, we got NASCAR, we got MLB, loaded day of sports. So make sure you guys are following me so you can get those plays. We have had an incredible week, an incredible NBA start, an incredible NBA NHL start, and we're plus money with MLB. I will be updating the spreadsheets and publishing them as soon as I can get around to it. Have a great day, stay safe, and for the love of God, please wear your masks.